I want you to imagine a business that produces, let's say, guns. And the owners of this business build a huge factory on a majestic piece of land, and they hire the greatest gunsmiths in the world to design the greatest guns to ever exist. Then they hire the best employees. And they all get along. <clears throat> they all work together. They love their jobs. And every day you see trucks going in and out of this factory with the best materials money can buy to manufacture the best guns. And as you walk around the factory, you're impressed by how busy everybody is, how much they're doing, and that they love their work. Now imagine at the end of the week or the month or the quarter or the year that this factory made no guns. Question, would that company be a success or a failure? Failure, yeah. It's not a trick question. <clears throat> Why does that business exist? It exists to make guns. And what is it not making? Guns. The factory's beautiful, busy. They just put on a gathering space. And the people all love working there. But it's not making guns. And so the factory is a failure. Jesus says today, go out into the world and make disciples. And behold, I am with you until the end of the world. Question. When you think of this parish or the Catholic Church at large, are we known for making disciples? We are losing three times as many Catholics as we are gaining every year. If we don't make disciples as a church, are we a success or a failure? Failure. <clears throat> if this parish or this diocese doesn't make disciples, is it a failure or a success? It's a failure. If I don't make disciples, am I a success or a failure? And I think maybe the reason we fail at this, me included, is because we forget about Jesus' promise that he is with us. And I think we do this maybe because we take the ascension a little too literally. At least I did when I was a kid, like five years ago. <clears throat> we see Jesus as he kind of like rises, right? And then he, he kind of floats away. And then he, he's like, bye! And then he, he floats out into the solar system. And he gets to the edge of the solar system and he's like... Bye. And then he keeps floating to like the edge of the Milky Way. And he's like, bye. And to all we know, he's still floating. <clears throat> that is not what happened. Jesus is not moving through space and time. He is moving out of space and time into a different dimension. The dimension of God's life. And in that life, he takes our human nature. What is the good news about this? Our human nature can participate in divine life. You guys don't look as excited as I thought. This is huge. We can live. I mean, Jesus says it in the gospel. He says, you will cure the sick. You'll speak new languages. Raise the dead. You're going to do more amazing things than I did. Why? Because his life is now going to be in us. That our lowly human nature has been elevated to participate in the life 
of God. And how do we get this new life? The sacraments primarily. Prayer. And one more thing. We must live as he lived. He said, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. And to the degree that we conform our lives to his will be the degree to which we experience this new way of living. If you're not living like Jesus, you're not going to experience this new life. That's it. If you don't know Jesus intimately, you'll never experience this new life. And then once you do, people want it. They see what you have and they want it. You know why I know this? Because when Monsignor Richter and Father Vetter taught at St. Mary's High School, they came in and they weren't anything special. I learned later on that they weren't even really that smart. I thought they were smarter. They weren't. But what they had was life. There was something in them that was different. And what I came to find out is that what they knew Jesus. They knew Jesus. That's it. And that converted me, you guys. That was enough. Their witness in their lives converted me. And folks, this is what happened in the early church. In spite of massive persecutions, the, di the divine life was in those early followers, and they were different. And people knew they were different. And they wanted to be part of it. Do you guys realize that the fastest spread of Christianity happened in the first 300 years of Christianity, which was also the bloodiest time? The minute you said, I want to be a Christian, your head fell off. Or you were in danger of your head falling off. So what is it that led these people to want to be Christian in spite of a death sentence? I gotta wonder, if I said right now, outside is an army, and everybody that comes out of this church and says, I'm a Christian, they're gonna kill. And if you say I'm not a Christian, you can go free. I wonder what the retention rate would be. Is that life in us? Because when that life is in us, it's exciting. It's attractive. And it leads people to Christ. The transformation of our culture in all its various aspects which is the goal of Christianity, must take place, listen to me, in the secular world. That's why all of you are so important. If the culture is going to be renewed, it's going to be renewed not through me. It's going to be renewed through you. You bring the people to me. But you guys are in the workplace. And the personal witness of your love for Jesus, your knowledge of Jesus at work, on the weekends, at parties, at meals, that's what's going to convert people. That's when people are going to say, you know what, John, he's different, man. He's a little weird, but I like him. He's got something, man. That's how it's going to happen. 
That's how we are going to make disciples of all nations. You know how it didn't happen in the early church? It didn't happen through brilliant preaching. It didn't happen through incredible documents coming out of the Vatican. It didn't happen because seminaries were full or monasteries. It didn't happen because of massive Catholic schools and grade schools and universities. It didn't happen because certain dioceses had great plans for evangelization. Now, for the record, I'm I'm a fan of all of those things. But they didn't exist in the first 300 years of Christianity. What existed in the first 300 years of Christianity, whether we want to admit it or not, is that during during those brutally dangerous times, what converted hearts was other Christians and their love and witness to Jesus. funny they they didn't even have twitter what will renew the culture and start producing disciples is your witness your effort your prayer your holiness your growth in virtue your knowing jesus And so as the angels said to the disciples at the ascension, men of Galilee, why are you standing here looking up at the sky? In other words, get to work. Go out and make disciples of all nations. And realize that he is with you always until the end of the age. And when people return to the church, it won't be because of you. It will be because Christ lives in you.